0: Before I introduce our speakers, I'd like to give a brief history about the SF 12 step within committee. The committee was restarted in San Francisco in 2010 to support members in relapse and increase member retention. The committee members did a personal four step inventory and answered a total of 36 questions over a number of years. All had various spiritual experiences during this process and they published a lifeline article encouraging others to use the inventory process. The inventory and the article sparked the idea to create a new piece of literature specifically to address relapse. Today is the, debu- the debut of this new booklet, which is titled, here it is, this is my little, an inventory for the sponsor of a relapsing member. A link to the virtual copy of the booklet will be posted in the chat function. If you would like a free copy of the printed booklet, um, this first run has been funded by Intergroup, or a PDF to print yourself, please email your request and your mailing address to and name to 12stepwithin at oasf.org. And this information will also be posted in the chat. The committee spent the last five years writing, editing, and getting approvals from SF Intergroup and OA World Service Office to create this booklet. The San Francisco Intergroup, I've already said that, has funded this first print batch. From the preamble to the booklet, I wanna read this. Maybe you notice your OA group's attendance is dwindling. Newcomers are not returning or members in relapse are disappearing. A personal inventory may uncover negative attitudes or dynamics that could alienate vulnerable members. And I'm very excited to introduce our speakers for today, both of whom are longstanding members of the 12 Step Within Committee, and we're very involved in the creation of the booklet. Please welcome Pierre, our first speaker, who will share personal experience with two of the questions in the booklet that focus on diversity in food plants. Welcome, Pierre.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Pierre. I'm a compulsive reader. Hi, everybody. Very excited about this. So this is our booklet. The way the format... Oh, Jamie, Spencer, can you give me a five-minute warning, please? Five and five? Sure thing. Thank you. So this is the booklet. The way the format is, is it has a quote from OA like for like food for thought. And then it has a quote, which is a question. A lot of them are the questions from the twelve and twelve. So I chose, the two questions I chose are about food plans. And so number five, there's 12 questions. We're only going through a couple of them today. Um, The quote for food for thought is in a way, we are free to follow any eating plan we choose. If we need a strict weight and measured diet, we can have it. If we need to avoid only one specific food, that's what we have to do. If we need to change our whole approach because of changes in our health or any other aspect of our lives, we make that change. No one in a way disputes another individual appro- another's individual approach to emotional recovery. And certainly there is unquestioned tolerance regarding the choice of a higher power. Why then is there often encroachment on an individual's approach to physical recovery? Um, This is a quote uh, from page 13 of the abstinence book.
0: Um,
1: So the question is, do we ever give the impression that there is an OA opinion on diets, on diet clubs, weight loss programs, medical interventions for weight loss, on medications, on psychiatrists and therapists, on eating disorders, treatment centers, on churches, religion, spiritual beliefs, on nutrition, on food plans, on exercise, on sugar, on other 12-step groups. Do we ridicule any of these or show them disrespect? This is from the Overeaters Anonymous 12 and 12. Uh, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 154, where they're discussing Tradition 10. Tradition 10 is OA has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. So what this tells me, like, because all those questions are discussed under the discussion of Tradition 10, says to me that if I do any of these things, I'm breaking tradition 10. So I have done a lot of these things. So this is a personal inventory. So my answer to these questions is yes to probably half of them. Um, On nutrition, I have given opinions on nutrition. I have given opinions, many opinions on food plans on sugar. I have uh, had negative opinions about other two twelve other two twelve. what am I trying to say other 12 two other 12 step groups um, and I have showed them disrespect and so I mean what this does is it engenders disunity in our program so and I've had a part of that so like an example of that is that I Okay, so when I got into program, I got into program 40 years ago, I, I kind of did okay for a couple of years and then in my three, four, five years had a huge relapse. And at the time there was, um, at the time in this community, there was really the opinion that one food plan was what worked. And so I felt really crowded into that food plan And it didn't work for me. And so I had to find another way and I knew nobody could kick me out. So I, and because of my personality, I was really hurt by all of this. I was very hurt by a lot of it. And my personality, especially 40 years ago, was when I got hurt or get hurt, I get really mad. And so I got really mad and I protested and I fought back. And so I have a big piece in the food wars, that book, the abstinence book, there's, or I don't know where it is, but our founder talks a lot about the food wars in LA. And so, I mean, I don't know if they were food wars here, but I was fighting, I was fighting about it. And I know that I hurt other people in program. And I know that I really hurt um, the unity. So uh, when we first started using these questions, we all did an inventory and and it was, I had to say this in front of a lot of people and it was hard, it was hard to admit, but it was a very loving group.
0: Here, it's five minute warning.
1: Thank you, Jamie. So um, I'm just gonna end on this on this question. The good news is there is no OA opinion on diets. And that is a message to relapsers, it was to me. Like I, I, I'm really smart, I read all this stuff and then said, why does it say this? But then it's practiced differently. So the good news is there is no opinion on OA, on diets or food plans or anything. And and anybody who's in relapse can take that to the bank and Claim your seat and like I did and stay and if you need to protest, protest. Um, so the second question, the quote is like the it's a prompt quote. Do I have a choice of plans? Yes. Choose any plan of eating from any source that works for you. In a way, we recognize that no pe- two people are the same. Remember that the 12-step program of Overeaters Anonymous and not any particular plan of eating is the key to long-term recovery from compulsive overeating. Uh, this quote is from the Dignity of Choice, which I think is still out there revamping it, but page two and page 13. Um, and the question is, am I judgmental about other people's food plans? Okay, so I've already answered that question. I have been massively judgmental about other people's food plans, which is basically none of my business. Um, But at this point, I really, at this point with 10 years of being on the 12 step within committee, I am really not judgmental. God bless each and every one of you. I I pray to my higher power that your higher power will help you find a food plan that works for you. And that, that's none of my business. That's an outside issue, has nothing to do with me. The inside issue, I mean, always not about food plans, always about the 12 steps, and always about love, and always about supporting each other. And that's the beauty of the program and the strength of the program. Um, my finding my own food plan. So I've had three big relapses, and um, my opinion, very public. I never left program. It was hard it was really hard for me. I felt really vulnerable and really humiliated by it. Um, and at this point, forty years later, I really believe that to find a food plan that works for me and for all of us is a really difficult task. I have seen so many people really struggle with like what like what do I eat and at this point I I just really believe if you can find what works for you like god bless you like that's a really good thing and and that we it's a big tent we all fit under the big tent all of us and we all get to be here the food plants don't matter none of that matters what matters is how we treat each other how we use unity to help each other, and um, anything about nutritional science, all of that, that's up to the individual person. Um, okay, I think I probably covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, except, Well, and so my, um, my current recovery started probably the minute I joined the 12 step within committee. I was in a room with people who are really kind and loving. And so that was 10 years ago. So this current recovery is 10 years. Um, I'm at a goal weight. COVID helped me a lot with the goal weight stuff. So that was cool. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. I would ask people not to cross talk me because I really would prefer you use your two minutes to talk about yourself. And I also would really ask that this not turn into abashing any food plans because that's like the problem. You know, I, I know that the way I talk kind of, like people will then want to do that, but I really hope we don't do that, that we can really get off that it's not about the food plans, it's about everything else. It's about the steps, it's about the traditions, it's about really lovely stuff. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Pierre. Um, um, Now I would like to welcome David, who is our second speaker, who will share personal experience with three of the questions in the booklet that all focus on unconditional acceptance. Um, David, how would you, you like your timing?
2: Uh, just notify me at um, 10 minutes.
0: Okay. Thank you.
2: Uh, welcome. Um, my name is David. I'm a compulsive overeater. I, uh, I will first qualify. Uh, I have been in OA twice. The first time I was in OA was 43 years ago for a year. And then I left program. It was a different, in many ways, it was a different program then. Um, And I've been, I went back to OA and I've been in OA for the last 25 years. Um, I have um, um, had two relapses during that time. Uh, I have sustained around a 70-pound weight loss, and I have had two sponsors. I've had two sponsors during that time. I've been very fortunate to have the sponsors that I've had. Um, Extremely fortunate, actually. Um, And I have sponsored folks for the last... uh, 20 years, different different folks for the last 20 years. So I want to I want to share my personal experience around a sponsorship and relapse. And what I'm going to say is my personal point of view. Take what you like and leave the rest. I, I um, the the first question that I want to share about is question number eight from our booklet, which is Does our group concentrate sufficiently on always primary purpose? Do we focus our discussions on the 12 steps, 12 traditions, the tools, and recovery from compulsive overeating? Um, I'd like to reframe that a little bit from from a personal point of view on sponsorships to say, my primary purpose as a sponsor, what is my primary purpose? My primary purpose as a sponsor is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who sell stuffer and to share my experience, strength, and hope around the OA 12 steps, 12 traditions and tools, and to provide guidance and support to sponsees. So what does that mean? To me, that means when I'm, when I'm establishing, when a sponsee and I are establishing a relationship that we explore agreements on our roles and availability, what the sponsor would like to get support on. And I look, I really attempt one day at a time, sometimes one conversation at a time to look at the relationship through the lens of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I am not there as a life coach because I'm far from a life coach and I'm not there as a personal friend, although sometimes that happens. I am there as a sponsee in Overeaters Anonymous to assist someone as they grow their recovery in the context of working the steps and traditions and using the tools in OA. It's very important that I constantly remind myself of my primary purpose and my role. And it's also important to remind myself that sponsorship is a for me it's a holy relationship between two people and it has to work for both people it isn't just working for the sponsee and it isn't just working for the sponsor it has to work for both people to be successful for me for my program it has to work for both people so what is that what does that mean i mean <clears throat> um, I, you know i i work with some people that have long term uh, recovery and I work with other folks that are struggling at times with, with their recovery. What does that mean? What is that? What is my responsibility? Well, my responsibility is to help them work the steps and traditions. My responsibility is not to have the answers, which gets into question number nine. Do I give unsolicited advice? I am not the sponsee, I have not my sponsee's higher power. My job, I see my job, is to help my sponsors connect more deeply with their higher power and to, and to help them utilize the step work and the tools for their sustained recovery. That's my job. When I start thinking my job is to take responsibility for their recovery, I'm in a very, very scary place because it's out of my control. And when I think it's in my control, that's when... All- I start to exhibit old patterns where I'm actually not being helpful. And my ego starts to take on, well, if they're successful in their program, that must mean I'm a great sponsor. And if they're not successful in their program, it must mean I'm a failure. That's not helpful to me. And I've gone there in my past, but it, 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 it leads to a dead end. It does not actually help me be helpful to them or to myself. So my job is to say, how can I share my experience in a way that will be helpful to them? And how can I recognize that they have their own higher power and to help them celebrate their own higher power? It's not my higher power. It's their higher power. And I've been so fortunate to work with sponsees that have developed a higher power over time, or further developed a higher power over time. I learn so much from their interaction with their higher power. I get so much from it, but it's in that frame, it's in that framing and focus, and it and it actually helps renew my relationship with my higher power too. When I witness other people interacting with their higher power, so it's very 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 powerful. The other thing is on, on unsolicited advice is, I, I, I hope, I don't always succeed in this, but I hope to practice inquiry by asking questions rather than giving them answers or giving them my opinions. Sometimes when I do have an opinion, I will share it with respect to my own personal recovery in terms of my experience, strength, and hope. And sometimes I will ask them for their permission to offer more specific guidance, and sometimes I will say, "I don't have experience here. I don't have experience here." And then, would you like, would you like an opinion? And it's framed that way because it is not necessarily coming from my higher power, but I really try and keep it to guidance from my higher power to them. the 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 last question, which is question number ten. Am I judgmental about relapse? Have I been gi- judgmental about relapse in this program? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially before I joined the 12-step within committee, it's very judgmental about relapse. And, and it's it was rooted in, well, this person's in relapse and if I interact with the person, maybe I'll go into relapse. Oh my God. And I've learned a lot by being in the 12-step within committee. I've learned a lot by staying in the program longer. I've learned a lot about being more mature in my own recovery. The first thing I've learned is that it's essential to celebrate diversity. This program has many different individuals in it and many, many different programs in it. And I believe they're all paths to recovery. It's not for me to dictate someone's path to recovery. It's, it's my job to help them on their path to recovery. So I really celebrate diversity. I've learned so much and I love meetings where there's diversity of gender, sexual orientation, food plans, um, perspectives on the program, years in the program, these are all really powerful things for me where I've got gotten a lot. The next thing I wanted to say about judgment around relapse is that relapse is not a moral issue. If I relapse, I'm sure I will be feeling shame. My job is not to project that shame onto others. My job is to recognize that someone's really suffering and they need my support, just like I could be suffering. It's it's a one day at a time program. Just because I've been in recovery from relapse for over 10 years, doesn't mean I couldn't have a relapse tomorrow. Absolutely it does. So practicing a spirit of humility. And when I hear someone in relapse, I ask myself, am I focusing on discernment? What's, what's going on in their life? Or am I focusing on judgment, putting myself above them? If I'm, if I'm not focusing on my own humility, It's it's putting a barrier between me and my higher power. And it's affecting my ability to really support them. So I ask myself, can I practice compassion for them as a way of modeling self-compassion for them? Can I practice? Can I show them my compassion? I'll stop in a second. And I ask myself, all the time in program when I'm dealing with, with a situation where someone is, is in relapse, am I, am I providing the compassion in a way which is showing them my compassion or am I facilitating their rationalizing of addictive behavior? And I ask myself because it's very easy for me to do that. So that's an important question that I ask myself. And I really try and Go to the former around compassion rather than trying to facilitate rationalizing um, addictive behavior. And lastly, I, I want to close with this: I ask myself, "Am I being am I being a good sponsor?" And I have to remember that there is no. Per, I don't believe there's any perfect sponsor. And when you're dealing, when I'm dealing with other people, they have their own lives, they have their own constraints. So what I love to bring into my sponsorship for myself is the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I ask myself, how can I apply the serenity prayer to my relationship with my sponsee? And that's been very, very valuable. So I appreciate everyone's listening. And um, I'm really, really, really grateful to be here. Thank you.